Rookie Designer 125. So really the whole theme of this pod- podcast was kind of built out of this comparison that I make between uh, athlete and a designer. You know, the whole rookie designer thing. I have this whole baseball theme, as you guys know. And uh, one of the first podcasts that I ever made was to con- kind of explain that comparison that I make of how someone comes into sports, they're a rookie, they don't know what they're doing, you know, they kind of have to build themselves up, they have to learn the tricks of the trade. And then once they get on their feet, you know, they can start excelling at what they're doing. Much the same that, you know, when we go through school, we learn a certain skill set. And once you're done with school, you kind of just get pushed out in there, you know. You're just thrown into the fire, and you have to kind of figure things out as you go. So I I think it's very synonymous. So today, um, maybe kind of fitting after doing this for a couple of years, I'm going to try to go back to that. I found this article that was pretty good. And what it is, it's an article by a professional football player, and it's actually uh, a guy off the Raiders. His name is Namdi Asma. He's a very intelligent guy, um, went to Cal Berkeley, has a great head on his shoulders, and wrote this, this article that's kind of geared towards rookies, telling them you know, how to prepare to be in the NFL, how to become a, a professional and get past all those things that are kind of gitches or gotchas as a rookie you know things that can lead to you not making a team or getting fired or whatever it might be so i'm going to try to kind of pull this into our world because i think he makes some very good points that do apply to our situation as well so uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today on rookie designer First of all, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, as always. Uh, it makes a big difference to me. It means a lot to me that you guys still tune in. Um, what with the hectic schedules and all that kind of stuff, I really appreciate it. Uh, if you're subscribed, that's great. If you just catch them every once in a while, that's perfect as well. Just to know that somebody's out there listening to uh, to what I have to say here, and I'm not just wasting my time. So thank you very much for that. And I hope you guys are pulling something out of it. You know, Hopefully it's not just me babbling on for an hour. Hopefully you're actually being able to pull at least some... Uh, some items out of what I'm saying and apply it to your own workflow, your own job search, your own uh, whatever it may be. Hopefully it just makes a difference and uh, that'll make it all all worthwhile what I'm doing here. Um, if you do want to pass the word along, again, I always appreciate uh, you spreading the word to friends, colleagues, whoever it might be. If you think somebody might enjoy or get something out of this podcast, definitely you know at least send them a link show them how to get to the website or show them how to get it on their uh, iTunes or iPod or whatever it might be and uh, get them listening so that we can build up a nice little community here. Um, to tell you the truth, I haven't looked at the the uh, forum in quite some time now. The last time I checked, there weren't a whole lot of people going around on there. And then there's this whole uh, topic of the new website. So I've talked a couple of times about possibly building a new website, not possibly, I was going to do it, and I am at some point, uh, just keeps getting pushed back because of all the stuff that's going on in my world. Um, and we won't go into all that again, but uh, I definitely, I wanted to do it at some point. You know, I think the beginning of this year was my first hope. 
and uh, with all the things that have been going on, it just keeps getting pushed back. So right now, you know, I can't even speculate on when that's going to be, but I do want to put together a nice new site um, that has not only a, a nice forum for people to go to, because I think at one point that forum was really strong. We had a lot of people going in there and being able to ask questions and talk to each other, and it was a great thing. And I'd like to get back to that at some point. Uh, the other thing is um, articles. You know, I'd like to allow some of the people that have been listening to this podcast for for a while and have some great opinions, some great uh, thoughts on the types of things that we talk about, have some experiences to share of their own. I'd like them to be able to come up on the website and be able to write their own articles, their own blog entry type of things, so that everybody can benefit from that as well. So I think that would be a really nice addition. So again... This is the uh, this is the end goal. This is my hope of what's going to happen, but uh, I just can't put a timetable to that just yet. Uh, again, hopefully it's not going to be too long, but uh, I think it would be a very nice thing to have. There's a lot of great resources out on the web like that already, but I think it'd be a nice special thing for us to to be able to have our own like that and and have the people that have really you know really supported this podcast by listening to it and by giving feedback and stuff like that have them be able be able to uh have their voice be heard as well because you know sometimes i i don't like to listen to myself at all but uh for some reason you guys do but i'm sure it gets a little old sometimes just listening to my opinions all the time that's why i like to include everybody else as much as possible uh on that same note if you have some feedback if you have something you'd like to talk about just shoot me an email. Uh, you can send it to rdpodcast at gmail.com. That's rd as in rookie designer, rdpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can send me just a letter. If you have any questions, you can ask that. If you have a topic suggestion. And then before, you know, I was asking for this. And not too many people took me up on it, but if you have recording equipment and you'd like to record something to throw into a show, definitely welcome. I would definitely welcome that. Um, we can... Definitely pop it into a show and maybe uh, make it the topic of that podcast, and I can give my thoughts as well. But uh, definitely, this whole thing is about you guys. It's not about me talking. You know, I don't, I don't live to hear myself talk. So, uh, if anybody has any suggestions, questions, just a comment, uh, something you want to correct me on that I said wrong or something like that, then definitely send them in to that email address. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. There is a page for Rookie Designer. If you just search Rookie Designer on Facebook, you can check that out there too. All right, last order of business is the advertiser for this, and that is the sponsor, rather, for this podcast is GoToMeeting. And with GoToMeeting, you can do more and travel less, and you do this by hosting meetings online. Now, anybody who's been in the business world knows that you know, you just have to have these meetings and, you know, anybody who's had clients, which probably most of you have, you, you have to have meetings from time to time to, to give progress, to get, you know, people's feedback on things. And if that person is not in the same area as you, I mean, even if they're across town, it's kind of annoying sometimes to have to drive over there and meet face to face when you could use something like GoToMeeting to set up an online meeting. They join very quickly. Um, they can see everything that's going on on your desktop. You talk to them over the phone or over voice over IP or both, and you're live. You're having a live conversation. They can see what's going on, so it's almost like you're in the same room anyways. You save a bunch of money because you don't have to travel, and also you pay one flat rate and you meet as many times as you need to. So it's a great service. If you want to try it out for free, just go to this URL, go to meeting.com slash techpodcasts. 
at gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. And you'll be able to download and try the software for free for 30 days. Give it a try. It's a, it's a great piece of software and we use it at my work. Very good stuff. So before we jump into the topic of the day, I just wanted to talk about one other thing. And probably some of you at least were kind of interested in this new, the World Worldwide Developers Conference and the whole Big Apple thing. I'm sure everybody heard about it at least. It was probably covered on the news everywhere. So they have these big announcements and, and what they did, they un unveiled the new iPhone 4. They talked about the new software that's coming out, uh, I think the next week, end of next week or beginning of the following week. Um, and they talked about a, a number of advancements that they that they have come up with. One of the things that kind of stood out to me, and, and I've talked about in a couple of podcasts before, kind of keeping up with technology, keeping up with the tech news, at least on, a, on, on the top level. I mean, we're not talking about you need to know everything, but we were talking about equipment and what to buy and when to buy it and that kind of stuff. And I said, it's a good idea to just at least on the surface, kind of follow this stuff and just take in what's going on. You know, what's coming out next, what's coming out in a couple of months. It'll help you to either get into the latest technology if, if that's what you want to buy, or it'll help you know when to buy older te technology because it'll be on sale because there's new stuff out. Anyways, um, one of the things that they talked about there uh, they talked about a couple of games and the the way that the games are going to start interacting with a new uh, operating system and things like that. But one thing that stood out to me, it's called iAds. And it's a new way for developers to insert ads into their applications, the apps that go on the iPhone. And um, this was interesting to me. I, obviously, I'd, I'd say probably most of the people that are that are in our position that maybe listen to this podcast aren't application developers. Um, I don't know how to write this stuff. And one of the bad things that happened with the new I, iPhone software is Flash actually had a way for you to build an application in Flash and basically export it and have that work on the iPhone. Well, something happened there. The, the way they changed the OS for the iPhone it makes that not work now. So that's a bit of a, a bit of a bummer because it was a nice way for some somebody that's maybe more like me that doesn't have that application development skill set to be able to make an application anyways anyways long story even longer um, this is a way for application developers to basically not have to do what we do so we're kind of going to be in charge of ads interactive ads that will be placed into an application but all they have to do is make a call you know, make a hook for this particular ad and the ad will be inserted for them. The very cool thing about it is though, and in ads are ads and commercials are ever changing, ever changing with the technology, always trying to find a new way to get to people because it seems like every piece of technology that comes out these days helps us avoid watching commercials. I mean the biggest one of course is the DVR. Now we can record our programs and a lot of them, you know, the one that I use, I I can fast forward and I can let it fast forward into the show and when I press play it backs back up to the beginning of where the show starts in between the commercial and the show. So I don't have to worry about even watching the last few seconds of the last commercial so that I know I, I view my program. Uh, it does that for me. Um, so now we saw lots of commercials go over to the web. Every time you want to watch a video, they make you 
sit there and watch a, a commercial first. So they're they're trying to stick in ads anywhere that you can, anywhere that you'll be exposed to them and that you can't kind of skip over them. So um, I, I thought this was an interesting way to do it. And I, I've actually clicked on a few of these things in applications um, just because they kind of piqued my interest. But they showed one for Nissan and it was really kind of cool because it's really more of a, an interactive thing you know it's not like you just click on this thing and it gives you a landing page or web page or some kind of thing that gives you info and it's not something that you click and it, you have to watch a 30 second video it was something that is like an interactive application that gives you information about a vehicle um, I think there was even some kind of contest in that one which I think is probably going to be uh, Probably, probably going to be something that's common to these things because how are you going to get people to actually be interested in clicking around in a, in a commercial application, basically? And, and that is, you know, you have to have some call to action. And one of the biggest things that probably works, I would, I would think, would be allowing the, the person to be able to win something or get some kind of rebate or discount, something like that. But I don't know, it just kind of, it just kind of appealed to me the way that they, they did things because it's just, it's just the evolution of commercials, you know, that things aren't so much you just sit there and watch what we have to show you. It's like they're actually trying to interact with us, which is the way the web has gone also. You know, everything has been, let's get you into this. Let's let you decide which way you want this thing to twist and turn. And that way it it, it makes you more engaged in the advertisement rather than just being kind of separated from it where here's what we think you want we're going to show this to you and if you don't want it if you don't like that then you're just going to turn your attention to something else so anyways i didn't want to go too far into that but i was just uh you know wondering if anybody else saw that and and what their thoughts were might be on that as well um it's just it's just this constant evolution that we're watching and things have changed so much just in the last five to ten years it's very uh, it's it's a very interesting thing to watch for me at least uh, because it directly affects us I mean some of us may actually be working on these ads at some point and um, it's a hell of a lot different than you know maybe 10 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, where you're just making an ad that goes in a magazine and now you're making this interactive experience um, <clears throat> that, you know, not only is a commercial, not only is selling your product or getting your name out there, but also creating this experience for the user that they might actually want to take. And that's going to help you to, to sell what you're trying to sell, which is obviously the end game there. All right, so... Um, Let's get to the topic at hand here. So again, I'm going to be reading some some passages here, some paragraphs from a story that again was written by a professional football player, and it's geared towards rookies. Um, kind of give them pointers about how to survive, basically, in this world of the NFL. Uh, I'm going to read some of it. A lot of it's not going to make, well, it might make some sense, but it's not going to relate, obviously, to what we do. But that's going to be my job to try and um, try and relate it, try and make it make sense for a graphic designer. So the first one that he says is uh, set your alarm for a reasonable time. It says if you're five minutes early, you're late. If you're late, you're fired. Uh, this one's pretty harsh. I think we can relate it. It's not going to relate, relate to every single situation. But I think definitely, you know, if you have an interview for a job, 
very important that you're there early. And I'd say five minutes early is late. You want to be there 10 minutes early, 15 minutes early. Uh, if you have a meeting with a client, very important that you're on time. It says a lot about your commitment to the project, your uh, professionalism as a designer. You know, if you show up late, then that's going to reflect, reflect badly on you in the customer's eyes. So, and you know, there's, there's things to set up maybe. There's maybe get your stuff in order. So it's probably good to be there 10, 15 minutes early so that you're prepared when they get there, you're ready to, you know, hit the books and, and really start getting at it. And it just, again, it reflects very well on yourself. If you're organized, you're there on time, you're ready to get business done. Um, that's going to be very good in the eyes of a potential client or a potential employer. Um, if you're going to be late, let's just go ahead and go over to that side. If you have to be late, there's no way you can avoid it. Then definitely you need to be calling, sending a message, getting the word to them somehow that there was some unavoidable thing that, that is going to make you late for your meeting. And, uh, you know, sometimes we can't avoid it and that's okay, but you got to make sure that they're, they're on the same page there. So starting off, we're doing pretty good. That was a pretty easy one to relate. The next one, he says, be confident in your ability to play the game. Says, I learned from my position coach, Hall of Fame cornerback, Willie Brown, that confidence is more than half of the battle. He told me before my very first game as a starter, if you don't believe you're the best, you'll never be the best. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, whether you believe in yourself, when you believe in yourself, and can fully understand that you made, made it to the NFL because you have an ability that is rare, you will conquer many of your fears before they even manifest. So this one's a little more out there, right? But we're going to be going through these things, and I think, you know, we can replace game or NFL with, you know, a project or design job in general. And we can replace player with designer. And a lot of these things will, I think, be applicable to the situations that we find ourselves in. So talking about confidence, and I actually have another example of this, something I was just watching last night. Um, if you ever watch the Food Network, I believe it's the the next the next uh, next Food Network star or something like that. I believe is what it is, and it's a contest where they have different chefs on there. They not only have to cook, but they have to you know do things on camera because they're vying to be the next person on the Food Network that has their own show. Um, one of the chefs on there, very very talented chef. But one of their knocks on her is she has very low self-esteem. She has no confidence whatsoever. She's always kind of discounting her own work by, you know, actually saying it to to the judges that she didn't think she could do certain things or she doesn't think that she could do anything. And it's very bad. It's a very bad attitude to have. And uh, you really just, no matter what, you have to know that you have a certain set of skills and you should be the one that knows what this is, what these things are that you can do, you know what you can't do. So there should be no doubt in your mind that when it comes to things that apply to these skills, that apply to projects that you've done in the past, anything that you've already conquered in the design world, you should have the confidence to know that you can do that again. And taking it a step further, I mean, using that knowledge of your skill set, you know that there's some things maybe out there that you haven't done yet that you can do. And you have to portray that, that confidence 
not only in situations where you're working with a client, you know, they bring a project to you. They don't want you to be like, eh, you know, I don't know if I can, I've never done that before, so I'm not sure if I can do that or not. That, that is the best way to lose a job ever. Never, never come off that way. And it's maybe it's not going to be that far out. Maybe it's not going to be you saying that you don't think you can do it or you don't know if you can do it. First of all, the answer is yes, I can absolutely do that. Um, and hopefully you can, you know, you don't want to be saying you can do something you can't do, but if you know you can do it, you have to say, yes, I can do it. We can do that. That's not going to be a problem, but even your body language, you know, be aware of the way you come off to someone without even saying something, you know, you don't want to be kind of looking around, looking like you're maybe a little scared of what's coming because people can pick up on stuff like that. And even more important to that is if you're in an interview, you know, you're interviewing for this job and they're asking you if you have certain skills. They say, we do X, Y, and Z a lot. Are you going to be able to handle that? You need to multitask. You might be working on six projects at once. Maybe you've never done that before, but you have to have that confidence to say, yes, I'm, I'm going to be able to do that. I can handle that. And not only being able to say it and verbalize it to the person you're interviewing with, but also to be able to have that confidence to look confident, to not look like you're lying through your teeth saying that you can do it even though you don't think you can. And I think really deep down, just having that confidence, man, you got to know that hey, I got these, I gained these skills in school. Maybe I've worked a little bit. Maybe I've done some freelance. Maybe I did an internship. I've done some of this stuff before, maybe not all of it, but I know I can get that done. You know, you've got to have that confidence because it's, it's not only good to exude that confidence for other people to, to be comfortable with you. It's good for yourself. It makes yourself comfortable with uh, taking on tasks and, and doing things maybe that Maybe you haven't done before. Maybe you know you can do them better, but just having that confidence is going to make you uh, a better designer. So I think that's very, very applicable. I think that's very good. A very good tip is uh, make sure you have that confidence. Now, let's go to the other side again, kind of like we did with the uh, don't be late, be late, uh, and let people know. The other side of this one is don't be overly confident. Don't be so confident that you get yourself into something that you can't do. And we talked about this many times when we were talking about interviewing, when you're interviewing for a job, it's okay to say, you know, I don't have experience with that, or I haven't done that before. But, you know, with, with the learning curve or with this or that, I think I can do it. You know, I have the confidence to be able to do it, but don't be, don't leave out the part of, I don't know how to do it. I've never done that before. Because, you know, if you go in, saying, yeah, I can do that, no problem. And day one, they throw something in front of you that you don't know how to do or you've never done before, that could cause problems. <laughs> that could make things very uncomfortable if you start out and you're already screwing up on the job because you said you knew how to do something or that it was no problem and now it's on your lap and you don't know how to do it. So be careful with the confidence thing. Confidence is very good. Being confident that you can do something you've never done before is, is can be a good thing, but just make sure that you can back up those words with your actions. All right, the next one is be smarter than you were the day before. This is where the mental part of the game comes into play. The tendency for young players is to rely solely on their athletic ability. Big, huge, enormous mistake. Understanding your role and the role of others around you will be extremely beneficial to your development as a player. Make it a point to learn something new with each day. So again, 
it's it's relating to football terms, but we can very easily pull this into our world. Be smarter than you were the day before. Learn something every day. Learn something every day, I think, is the key one there. And it's something that I harp on all the time. So this is, if you've listened to this podcast before, this is nothing new for you to hear out of, coming out of my mouth. Take 10 minutes. Take five minutes every day. Learn something. Go to a book. Read a chapter of a book. Watch a video. Um, talk to someone else in the industry. Uh, read an article from someone else in the industry. There's so many different things that you can do that take, you know, five, 10 minutes of your day and you can learn something new. And if you learn one new thing every day, that's, you know, obviously a lot of things each year, each year you're becoming that much smarter that you're having, you're, you're building up your design intelligence that much more. And that's going to push you ahead of some other people that don't do that. Now he said it this many times, there's tons of things that you can learn about the applications that you use. I would take a wild guess and say, even being on the safe side, you probably only use about 40 to 50% of the capabilities of the applications that you use. It's just, there's so much packed in there, nobody's going to use everything. So learn something new about your application. Or read a design book, you know, learn something more about principles, learn something more about design trends. Go to a website and look at examples of other people's websites or articles or advertisements or just artwork in general something to inspire you all this is going to help learning something new is going to help a ton the other thing that he talks about is uh, talking about young players coming in and just relying strictly on their athletic ability and a good example is the position that he plays uh, it's it's a defensive back or a cornerback. So he's guarding the wide receivers. He's trying to make sure they can't catch the pass. And a lot of times young guys will come in. They're really fast. They can make cuts really fast. So they think that they don't have to understand the game that much. They just have to follow the guy around and they'll be able to, to do it. But really when you start to get into the mental part of it and you can, you can recognize things happening before they happen, that's when you have that advantage. And I, I would relate that to a designer in... I always relate it to myself when I first learned all the skills that I have now. Um, I first learned like Photoshop, things like that. I just wanted to throw all these things, all these things that I've learned at a project. And that was definitely the wrong way to do it because you can end up with this cluttered mess of just filters and all this special effects and all this other crap that you want to throw at it because you know how to do it. Where probably the right answer is to take a step back and say, okay, which one of these skills that I have really applies to what's been thrown at me. Typically, it's not going to be every sing single thing you've learned. Typically, it's going to be one or two things. The simple answer is usually the best answer, and that's where really that, that, that step back, that analyzing the situation really comes into play. And, uh, you know, the more you learn about how to do certain things, obviously, the smarter you're going to be. And that's why when you're starting out, you're going to find that when you work on a project the first time, it, it's going to be a struggle. First of all, you're not going to know how much time it's going to take you to do this thing. You might not know all the skills that are necessary to complete it. And, you know, the end result might not be exactly what you expected. When you do that same type of project the second time, things are going to go a little more smoothly. You're going to, to say, okay, I made a couple of mistakes the last time I did it. 
now I have a better idea of how things are supposed to go. And every time you do something that's, you know, somewhat similar to that job, you're going to get better and better at it. And that's, that's just your ability to be able to assess the situation, know that certain things are probably going to go, go wrong along the way and be able to fix those problems before they actually occur. And that's how I would kind of throw that into that world of, now you're this cornerback, you're, you're looking at the quarterback drop back and, and you kind of assess the situation and you know that this thing has to go one of maybe three different ways. And now you, you can apply your skill set to that and say, okay, I have, a, I have a solution for each one of these problems that might come up along the way. All right, moving on to the next one. He says, don't limit your exposure. I believe that success is like a roll of film. In order to develop, you need exposure. Try to be as versatile as possible. Let the coaches see you in different spots on the field. It may seem like a headache in the beginning, but not only will it give you a better shot at making the team, but also it will make you a much better player. Versatility increases value. This one I think is very good, very applicable, especially when we're talking about maybe not so much freelance, but talking about trying to get a, a job either in a business or a design firm or anything like that. And that, that last line that I read is the most important one. Versatility increases value. Can't say that one enough. So the more that, the more that you can do, the more value, valuable you are to a team. Um, I think, I'm not going to say gone are the days, but quickly evaporating are the days. And th this isn't going to be true for everything. But quick, quickly evaporating are the days where companies are going to hire you to do one particular thing. You're going to be pigeonholed. Now, I think a good example of, and, and I've never worked in this industry, it's just from what I've heard, but a good example of the opposite end of that spectrum would be 3D, 3D animation, that types of things, those types of things. Um, because from what I was told, you are a 3D animator, or you're someone who you know works on props maybe for a game, or you will be the person that skins everything and, and creates the artwork that wraps around the 3D art, or you're someone who builds um, the actual f the frames themselves. Um, so that would be a good example of where this doesn't apply. But when we're talking about somebody who's just getting a job at a company as a graphic designer or a designer in general, something like that. Typically they want you to be able to these days work in Photoshop, you know, work in Illustrator, create print artwork, but also create web pages or maintain web pages or maintain a blog or maintain uh, a CMS tool. Uh, sometimes they even want you to have not only HTML, but also JavaScript and CSS, sometimes even PHP. So we're, we're kind of getting spread pretty thin with all these different things that we're supposed to know. And I got a side topic of that that we should talk about too, but I want to get through this first. Um, it's They're kind of evolving this designer position into someone who's supposed to know all these different things that really don't, I mean, on some level they do relate. But we've talked about, uh, a while back we talked about my transition from print to web and it could not be more different. I know it's night and day in terms of the responsibilities that you have, uh, the skill set that you need, and you know the things that you need to go through. Uh, so it's really it's not a it's not a very good thing, and 
I guess my side topic that I would have on this is if you see jobs like this where they're asking for the world, they're asking for you to know not only print but also web and different web technology, different languages even to know, then you need to make sure that you're getting paid for all these skills that they're asking for. This is not a job where they can pay you you know, uh, uh, someone who would typically just work on print artwork, they can't pay you the salary of that person because you are also working in the web. You also do you are you have these, these other skill sets that not everyone is going to have. So you need to make sure that you get paid accordingly. Anyways, back to what we were talking about, um, not limiting your exposure. In a, in a group environment, this is very important. It's very important. When I first started working at my job, um, it was, it, it's pretty big now, but it was more of a startup company. So one of the things in a startup, um, you typically have to wear a lot of hats because there's not a lot of people there. So they're not going to have like a larger corporation might have uh, a person for each position, you know, each skill that they need, they might have a, a different person to fill that role. Whereas in a startup, you don't have very many people, people have to kind of move and shake a little bit more and wear different hats, like I said, and maybe do things that wouldn't necessarily usually be in their roles and responsibilities. So for me, that was really important. I actually started out at my job not even doing graphic design. They quickly found out that I could do certain things. And I started out helping out the web designer with images. And that quickly turned into me making ads for magazines and, you know, different web pages and things like that. So um, the more you can do, the more hats you can wear, the more you're a team player and you're willing to stick your neck out there and do things, that's obviously going to be attractive to employers. So exposure, and that is exposure. And, and one of the other things that we talked about recently is working on the team and maybe some other people aren't pulling their weight or maybe they, maybe they fall a little bit short where you don't, you know, so maybe you can pick up the slack for that person and uh, it, it'll really reflect very well on yourself. Um, it's, it's a lot better than complaining about someone. That's for sure. I mean, we talked about a situation where it was even someone's boss who, or someone superior, I think, who wasn't, wasn't cutting it really. And this person was having to pick up all the slack, even though they were the lower grade, um, you know, on the totem pole, as far as, you know, their pay and their position, their title, they were end up ending up doing most of the work. And this other person was just kind of riding their coattails. It's still always better, I think, at least at least for a while, to pick up the slack and see if the higher-ups will notice that you're doing that extra work, that you're willing to be a team player and pick up the slack from the other person. That's going to reflect a lot better on you than right away if somebody's not doing something, you just go in and go to your boss and be like, hey, you know, this person's not working well. It's... It, it's kind of bad because you should be able to do that. If someone's not doing their job, you should be able to say, hey, something's not right here. But again, it's going to look better if maybe you can pick up the slack and hope, hopefully somebody will notice. If they don't notice after a while, maybe it is time to, to take that other route. But uh, again, just being versatile, being willing to do things. And also if you have kind of a more um, rounded set of skills and you're able to jump into different areas and do different things that's not necessarily your main roles and responsibilities it's going to look real good and it's going to hopefully climb you up the ladder that much faster all right the last one that we're going to read here is don't count heads 
And it says, by that I mean when teams are cutting players, don't try to figure out if you're the next on the chopping block. Don't even try to figure out where you will be on the depth chart. Try as hard as you can to keep from comparing yourself to others. You can only control your performance. So another good one, and it, it seems to be these last sentences that I'm reading. You can only control your performance. And that's really you on, the only thing you should be worrying about. And this kind of melds over to what we were just talking about a second ago. You know, if someone else is not cutting it, you really need to not worry about that. Uh, again, the other side, the flip side of that coin is if somebody is a superstar, you can't worry about that either. You know, you can only worry about what you're doing. You can't worry about if, uh, if John over here is real good and you think he's going to be, you know, advancing up and maybe taking a position that you'd like to have. You can't worry about that. It doesn't matter what that other person does. All you can do is, A, worry about your own skills and try and make them better by doing some of the things that we said, you know, being versatile, learning something new every day, and just doing your best and having that confidence to do what you're doing. And then hopefully things will take care of themselves. But really worrying about what other people are doing is not going to help you. Um, this, this one probably doesn't go with what we do quite as much. But I mean, it kind of wraps it all together where, you know, you, all you can control is what you put out there. And you need to make sure that the work that you're putting out meets your standards. You need to have you need to have a standard for the work that put that you put out, and, and it needs to be good. You know, obviously, you don't want to put out half-assed work because people are going to see that, and again, that reflects badly on you. So you need to really, uh, you know, aspire to a certain level of work, and then really aspire to be better than that. Be better than be better, always better than you were the last time, but always have this goal of of reaching higher each time. And, and setting that great standard for your work so that people know, hey, this person really puts in 100%. They, they know what they're doing. They have the confidence to get the jobs done. They show up on time. They do everything they need to do. And thus, I would recommend them to someone else, um, you know, for another job or to do freelance work or whatever that might be. Um, you really, you, you can't worry about it because the sad truth and maybe it's not that sad. I mean, it's how people get quality work. But the truth of it is, there's a hell of a lot of people in this in this uh, genre of work. There's a lot of people that do what you do. And there's probably a lot of people that do it better than you do. But you got to find your niche. you got to find your comfort zone so that you can, again, put out that that level of work that you really think you should be doing. And... Uh, you know, impress the people that you're doing the work for. That's really all you can all you can do. And uh, worrying about other people being better than you. And this is another thing. I, I think I talked about this a long time ago. When confidence is a big thing when you're first starting out, it's something that that you're probably going to struggle with at some point because people are better than you. There's people. There's always going to be somebody out there that's better than you. And it's what you do with that knowledge that really counts. You know, do you let it discourage you? Do you stop doing certain things because, oh, I'm never going to be at the best at this? That's obviously not the right attitude to have. Um, are you spreading yourself too thin, though? Are you trying to learn too many different things? That might be the case. So maybe that's a lesson you can learn. Like, okay, I do this, this, and this, and uh, I'm, 
I'm not being able to concentrate on one thing enough because I have these other two things going on at the same time. Maybe I need to reel it back a little bit and really focus on these things that I think I'm the best at. But again, I really just looking at someone else in in worrying too much about how good they are or how much better they are than you is really not productive at all for you. You really need to just focus on your strengths as as a designer, the things that you do well, the things you know that you can do well and maybe get better at, and really focus on those things and just do the best you can. And that's all you can ask for. And he has Baker standing in his way. Two balls and no strikes to Baker. And a ground ball to third. Our website for today is actually something that I just kind of came across. Uh, didn't actually find like an about us page that explains exactly what it is, but just kind of clicked around and, and checking it out. It's called logolounge.com. And uh, that's where you can find it, logolounge.com. And basically you can become a member of this and you can submit your logos to it. And what they do is they, it looks like they put out books every once in a while and a bunch of them are for sale on Amazon. And what they do is they go through all the logos that are submitted to this and certain ones get approved to actually go into the book. So you could actually have some of your logos published this way, which is a pretty cool thing. But you can go through also if you're a logo designer or just any kind of designer that wants to check these things out, you can go through and um, look at some of the different logos that people have made, maybe get some inspiration that way. And they tell you who designed it, um, what industry it's for. There's like keywords on each one. So you can actually... Uh, you can actually search for different kinds of logos, but different logos and marks and stuff like that. So it's a great thing for inspiration, but also if you are a logo designer and you'd like to submit some things for this, uh, looks like you could potentially get something published in a book, which would be a pretty cool thing. So check that out. It's a logolounge.com and uh, looks, pretty, looks like pretty cool stuff. All right, so uh, hopefully I did a good enough job of translating a sports sports article into a graphic design article, or a design article anyways. Uh, again, I'll put up a link to this if you guys want to read it. Uh, I, I think it's pretty interesting. I think he did a really good job of explaining things. And, and again, they do fully relate. And th this is why I kind of took this theme, because I, I see some very big similarities in athletes and designers in the way that they have to kind of come up through the ranks and work their way up to being, you know, that professional athlete or that professional designer who really has the skill set that they need to survive and, and succeed in their trade. It's very similar. Anyways, uh, this article is on uh, sportsillustrated.com, so I'll put up a link to that if you want to check it out at all. Um, and of course, the link for the logo lounge will be up there as well if you just want to go to rookiedesigner.com and click through that way. But I think that's it for this time. Again, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for suggesting to other people if that's what you do. And if you have any comments or questions or uh, a topic suggestion for me, or if you want to actually submit something, some, some audio for a topic, then definitely do that. Uh, you can send it to rdpodcast at gmail.com. RD as in rookie designer, rdpodcast at gmail.com. And I will get to that as soon as I can. Uh, I know I lag with the email pretty much most of the time. So uh, I apologize if you've been waiting months and months for a response. But uh, I try to respond to things, but I'm not always that great at it. So 
uh, cut me some slack there, please. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, I think that pretty much covers our topic for today. So just remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. Drive left center field. He might have had it. There it goes.